Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining us for Soul Talks. This is so good to be with you uh, verbally here. Christian, I just imagine you uh, with us in conversation here in our home studio as we're having a, a Soul Talks. We're going to be talking about distracted with a question mark, how to wake up in God's presence. We are full of distractions in this world. Our lives are full of distractions and we are the ones that make those distractions. <laughs> we are the ones that let stuff distract us from the highest and best uses of our time that would uh, be most fruitful, most joyful, most loving. And uh, it's, it's a sad thing. Uh, it's unfortunate that we let ourselves get so distracted and have so much energy siphoned off in a way from God's purposes. A lot of us are choosing to engage in distraction as medication, as numbing, mm-hmm. because we are tired, we're maybe overloaded with responsibilities or uh, pain, difficulty, sadness, worries, temptations to worries, uh, negativity of, of things. Some of us are giving into distractions out of fears or anxieties, and we're trying to find answers or solve problems. Some of us are distracted because everyone around us is distracted, and that's distracting us. So, <laughs> for example, Bill, you and I have been spending quite a bit of time on airplanes lately as we travel to lead the institutes or to speak at churches and conferences. And so oftentimes I get frustrated on airplanes because I'm I'm trying to tune in to the Lord. In that time, I look at it as an opportunity. I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, I'm journaling, but I can see everybody else's screens around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really distracting. It's just, I remember being on one flight and I was so disturbed by the movies. The guy, you know, six hours on the airplane and he watched like three horror movies. Mm-hmm. And these horrible images are flashing up in front of me and I'm trying not to be distracted by them. And the guy next to me is watching another movie and I'm like, oh, I think that's what I want to see. <laughs> I think Bill would like that one. And what movie is that? And I'm trying to figure it out. And I, it's distracted. And yet I've chosen, I don't want to turn on my screen. I don't want to watch a yeah. movie on this. I want to be tuned into God. I want to be what the psalmist says, awake my soul to the presence of God to tune into him. And yet the distractions of others around me are distracting me. Or we're on one flight where everybody was talking so loud and we're, we're turning around and we're looking at each other. And we're hearing everybody's conversations. And we're like, ah, we're, we're just trying to be with the Lord and rest here. And we're distracted by everybody else's distracting conversations. Yeah, of course, uh, People are doing crossword puzzles. They're scrolling on their phone, looking at stuff. They're checking the the sports news, and I I do that. I check sports news on my phone, not on the plane, but different times. And uh, yeah, all reading through tabloid magazines. There's all kinds of things that, that we're doing to distract ourselves. And and I'm not like calling judgment on people or saying these things are sinful. I mean, the horror movies are probably borderline <laughs> of value. Um, Worse we, than that, the ones he was watching. <laughs> they're really damaging to the soul and society. We call these things uh, pastimes. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, is that really what we want to be doing with our time? Paul says everything is permissible 
for me, but not everything is beneficial. And so, yeah, I, I want to limit the amount of time that I spend in uh, just passing the time, zoning out. And sadly, sometimes we do that as though that's like rest. And it's not really soul rest. Mm-mm. And on the plane, people are, a lot of people are nervous about it or anxious or feel kind of stuck or as many things that can be uncomfortable about it. And so th- there is this sense of wishing we could be over. But we, we wish our life away when we do that. And I've learned to really try not to do that. And when I find myself facing something difficult or stressful or boring, and I start having that thought, oh, I can't wait till this is over. Or I'm looking forward to what's coming next. No, wait a minute. This moment, I'm alive with Jesus in the Father's world. This moment, I can pray. This moment, maybe I can love somebody. Uh, I can learn something or, or do something fruitful. And each, each, our life is made up of moments. And this is like a main theme in Scripture, like you mentioned in the Psalms. And a, a great example is in Ephesians 5. Uh, one of my favorite verses in all the Bibles, Ephesians five sixteen, where Paul says, redeem the time, or, or in the NIV version, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And uh, I actually tell this story in our new book that we've been working on, which we'll be telling you uh, more about. Um, our publisher, uh, Ravel, uh, Baker Books, we've been writing a book on emotions and personality, but in there we tell the story of Kairos, which is uh, one of the Greek gods, but it was a god of time. And uh, he zipped and zapped around. It was hard to get a hold of time. And uh, so that's the word here is kairos because there's, there's different words for time in Greek. One is the, the uh, chronos time. This is the passing of the, the calendar. The pages of the calendar turn, and it's chronology, and it's just that time happens. It's the events and, uh, of our life. But then there's kairos, which is god time, opportune time, uh, in the spiritual world, the world of the heavens, and that that's eternal, and it's the eternal now. It's the the continually um, the continuous moment where Jesus is present and bringing abundant life. And so, that's really what Paul's talking about in Ephesians five, and he frames it in the context of live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave Himself for uh, up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So. I would like my life to be a life of love. I would like for as much as I do to be a work of love. So like, I mean, why would I even do this podcast unless I thought it would be loving to you who are listening? Or um, last night we watched a movie, but it wasn't like just zone out. I was plenty tired, worked a long day, and there was a part of me that wanted to just check out and zone out but we watched a movie together we had my sister over and we enjoyed the movie and so it was relaxing we had conversation about it too before and after and even even during and so we weren't like zoning out we were enjoying a a true life story that was inspirational and then we were processing that through our lives and our prayers and so that's a life of love even in like entertainment and so that's, I think, when Paul is saying in Corinthians, everything is permissible and everything is beneficial. It's like, I want to be in the beneficial as much as I could. And so that's this life of love back to Ephesians 5. And Jesus did this and gave up his life as a fragrant offering 
to God. And so that's, that's our opportunity. And so he goes on, he talks about living as children of the light. And then he, he quotes the, the verse from Isaiah, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead. Uh, and he contextualizes it to Jesus and, and Christ will shine on you. And that's what we're talking about. Wake up, O checked out person. Wake up from your crossword puzzles. I don't mean to pick on, it's fine to do a crossword puzzle, but sometimes we're, we're doing something like that just to numb out. And that's what we're talking about. And Paul says, so wake up and let Christ shine on you. Live in the light as children of the light. To be in the light, light in the, in the Bible is a metaphor for uh, alertness, awake, awakeness, and for life fullness of life and, and loving life. And so that's what it means to make the most of every opportunity. And then Paul contrasts it even a little further. He says, do not get drunk on wine. It's so like there, now there makes it really clear to make the most of every opportunity is the opposite of getting drunk or it's the opposite of what we're talking about with like being distracted and numbing out. And so, I don't know, I mean, if you're listening to you, you might feel like, oh, Bill, it's so much so earnest it's so intentional can i have any fun can i can i do anything that's just not like purposeful and i mean i watch baseball games or parts of them and uh take walks we're not like always like working and doing something productive but the opportunity to do it in god's presence as part of a life of love it's really important what we're saying because we are trained in this world to be distracted and by distraction. Our, we have computers in our hands. We have constant distraction yelling at us through every app that says, open me, and there'll be all kinds of distractions, and we can we can lose time. We, we, I remember hearing a, a college girl recently talk about that she was aware that she was spending too much time with the distractions on social media, and she was feeling like, she, her goal was to get down to just spending one hour a day on social media. And I remember just being shocked by that and thinking, wow, one hour, that's, that's a lot, that's <laughs> a lot of distraction. But, but for her, that would, would be a training. And so we all need to start where we are, but it's really important that we do this soul training. I think even of Paul's words and instructions just in Philippians 4 about think of things that are good and right and true and excellent and honorable and praiseworthy that a lot of the distractions we engage in aren't those things so we want we want to look at that we want to measure them up there and and the fruit too we often think of oh you know i've worked hard or i've given so much i need to, i deserve a little something for me i want to relax and so we engage in a distraction but it's not it's not really that oasis that our soul needs of renewal of refreshment of rest in the lord and that's what we're we're wanting to remind ourselves of is that we don't have to settle for distraction and also be just being aware and waking up to distractions we're maybe not even aware of or tuned into. I read recently somewhere about how some research has been done on how the distractions of a cell phone are really wreaking havoc on relationships and on our soul's connections, needs for connection. And this study was citing, I wish I could remember the details of where I read it and what it said, but what I do remember was it talking about just the presence of a cell phone being in sight at a table when people are together drastically changes the level of conversation, the depth, the felt connection, 
and intimacy. It's a huge distraction and disruption, even if the phone is off and not looked at, just its presence there. And that really resonated for me because I was thinking back, even Bill, before cell phones, when we were first married and you had your pager or our answer, you know, our answer machine. And I remember I would not engage with you in intimate conversation, in um, real things we needed to talk about, vulnerable conversation, when I say intimate, like sharing vulnerably with you, because I was afraid you'd be interrupted and I'd lose you and you'd be taken away and I wouldn't have you there with me and I would feel emotionally abandoned. So I wouldn't go to emotional vulnerable places unless we had boundaries, What I, which was our Wednesday nights, we would have four hours boundaried where we were agreed, pagers off, answer machine on but silent. We're not going to answer the door. We're like we we purposely protected that time very boundaried from all distraction because that's what I needed in order to go to those really vulnerable places of intimacy and of us to be emotionally honest with each other and to have that time and space to work through the conflicts that we had been avoiding because we'd been distracted and didn't have the bandwidth and we'd be reactive if we tried to go to them then. And we didn't even have cell phones then. But there's even truth now, if I feel like you're going to be distracted by something or you're too distracted, even by work or good things, I won't go there to places I need to go between us. And so I think that you and I have done a lot of training to be present, to be attuned, to put boundaries on distractions. And it's been so fruitful for the health of our relationship. And it's so the, it's so the same. That's just an illustration of how it is in my relationship with God, too. So what you're bringing out, Christy, that's so important for all of us is that becoming emotionally present, uh, awake to God and to other people is a training. It's, it's not only like turning off my phone and focusing. Of course, it's that. But to become the kind of person who would be focused and emotionally present, that that's a training. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a training. And it's a training that's important for us for health, soul health, fruitfulness and relational health now and intimacy with God. But it's also a training that's important because I'm looking up, for example, my mom who's on hospice with cancer. And oftentimes she is not able to go anywhere or do anything. She's having sometimes to spend whole days in bed. And thankfully she has developed this richness of soul of not needing to constantly be distracted but I think of other people that wouldn't be able to handle that kind of solitude and isolation and and loss of control and loss of, that they would just go to all this, they would need all this distraction to deal with it. And we're all going to end up there eventually. We're all going to die at some point. And we don't, we don't think about, am I training for times of suffering, times of loss? Yeah, and so the kind of person that we are today in the nooks and crannies when we're on an airplane or we're having a, a coffee with someone and training ourselves to uh, to redeem the time, to make the most of every opportunity, to how can this time be beneficial? Not just what's permissible, but what makes it beneficial. And so even if you're playing a card game, we, we play cards sometimes, but we do it in a social, relational uh, way. We're having some conversation. We're enjoying being together rather than doing that activity to pass the time, to numb. And especially the, the many things that are out there that are, that are unwholesome, 
like the horror movies that you were referring to. Uh, yeah, just saying no to that stuff and having good boundaries. Yeah, it's, it, Paul says in the same Ephesians five passage, it's shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret, let alone to be indulging in uh, immoral sexuality that that we're fantasizing about. Uh, and that's a real problem of uh, compulsive behavior and addiction potentially that that needs care and compassion and, and treatment. But that's just another way that we get drunk, so to speak. And we, we, we're not present. I've talked with many yeah. addicts over the years, alcoholics, uh, sex addicts, food addicts, and they have a lot of difficulty uh, with being emotionally present, spiritually present, because they are so formed in getting hits of excitement. And this is really what we're talking about with the phone. And we don't mean to pick on the phone because there's a lot of good stuff on your phone. Like you go on to the, the Soul Shepherding Instagram <laughs> and you're going to get uh, scripture and encouragement and uh, soul care and uh, intimacy with Jesus. So, and there's a lot of great things we do on the phone, uh, communicating with each other. But so much of it is mindless distraction and it can be a, a, addictive that, that yeah. shuts down our soul. Yeah, we get brain habits, and I see a lot of people in this cycle where they are actually trying to use distraction to energize themselves, to keep keep themselves going and energized. They're trying to stimulate themselves, and then they're trying to use distraction to try to calm themselves and numb themselves and settle down so they can sleep. And we can get in this cycle of, of depending upon external things to to self-medicate to both stimulate or to try to sleep and what we want to do is we want to get to this place where we are able to be healthily alive and stimulated through our attunement with God and the good work that we get to do with him in his kingdom his life with him in his kingdom of praising him and thrama with him and engagement with him and then to be able to rest through abandonment to him and truly entrusting him and being centered upon him is enough and receiving from him to yeah, recharge. A lot of what you're saying is the importance of really uh, learning to appreciate and enjoy the simple things of life, like taking a walk around a lake or uh, watching a movie that's an inspiring story and having a conversation about it or sitting in a at a coffee shop with a friend and catching up and having having conversation or taking a short nap, but doing it with uh, prayerfulness and maybe meditation on a scripture, but finding in, in little more subtle things, uh, finding finding joy in that, playing with your, your child or your grandchild or just watching them play and, rather than being dependent upon stimulations. Mm-hmm. And so what we do with caffeine or alcohol stir ourselves up and calm ourselves down and not that it's it's fine to have coffee it's fine to have a a, a drink but when we're depending on that Mm -hmm. and we're manipulating our emotions with that one of the things that we're emphasizing is that we do the same thing with our phone Mm -hmm. is that we use our phone to stay we're getting a a brain hit Mm -hmm. a a little spike with Mm -hmm. the, the curiosity the excitement what's there in my phone and it's not that that's wrong. It's that it becomes addictive and it's a distraction. And then we can do the same thing with our phone where we, we, we go to it to, to just mindlessly scroll to, to numb out because we're tired. But that's a sign that we don't know how to really care for our own soul 
in the, the subtler, simpler things of life, in, in nature, in a conversation with a friend, in prayer, or just, just resting and being present and being, being grateful. We, we, we lose all that stuff. And so we have to retrain ourselves, rehabituate ourselves to find love and joy and peace in, in the little things of life where God is present. One of the things that really helps me with this is breath prayers. And that's why we put together our breath prayer guide with over 70 different breath prayers that we've used that are really helpful to us. That's why we have webinars on our Soul Shepherding Network and more tools for breath prayers there. That's why we have spiritual directors that you can meet with to talk about the state of your soul and what's distracting you or why you're giving in to distraction or why you're trying to numb. And you can get some help and some guidance and some training, a place to talk through what you're feeling that can help you get out that anxiety that might lead you to those distractions to try to numb. These are for you, friends, because we love you and we want we want soul health for you. It's so important. What you were just saying is a real key point here, that one of the reasons that we live a distracted life uh, and give ourselves over to things that really aren't profitable in how we spend our time is because we have backed up emotion mm-hmm. and that we're not even intending to repress just the stress of life. We internalize it and we get overloaded and then there's some uncomfortable stuff that we feel. And so then, then that's when we start distracting or uh, engaging in compulsive behavior or substances to kind of change our state emotionally versus to talk through what we feel, like you said, with a spiritual director or a friend uh, or in prayer and, uh, every day we do that in our rhythm of life. We, we talk with each other. We talk with, with friends. And, uh, we, of course, we do that for people. That's fundamental to soul shepherding. And so giving and receiving empathy and doing that prayerfully help to clear out our, our soul so that we can be more more present. And so that that's really, in many cases, that's, that's the hidden problem with, with our distracted living. Lord God, I just pray for each of our listeners and uh, how we ask God that you would fill us with a sense of your presence and your joy and that you would help us learn better how to be intentional with our time and to to use our spiritual disciplines, our relationships, our uh, church activities, our prayers to train to be the kind of person who is present in the moment with, with gratefulness and knows that you are, are loving us and doing good things and that we would consistently more and more be habituated to uh, a prayerfulness, a, a wakefulness, uh, an aliveness, a joy, because we're in your presence and everything that we are experiencing, even the stresses and strains, even the pain, even the conflicts, even the mundane work, that it, it all becomes meaningful when it's brought into the kingdom of God and I pray that for that to be more and more true for our friends listening. Because, Lord, we just want to offer our lives to you, to love you and to love others as you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 